Thanks for choosing to listen to Coffee with Katie. I'm your host, Katie Myers, and today we are talking with my cousin and friend, Dr. Stephanie Lemoham. I don't think I could get more proud of another human being. Stephanie is incredibly talented. She always has been very dedicated to her education, um, her extracurricular. She's always just really excelled at everything she's done. But the reason I'm so proud of her is because she is combining her talents with her true passion. You see, in college, uh, we got some really bad news that her mom was, my aunt, her mom was diagnosed with stage three ovarian cancer, and it was a really grim situation. I'm very happy to report that her mother is doing great now, but it was a really, really awful time. And Stephanie's taken that really awful time and she's combined it with her background of science and research and math, and she has created a product that could really revolutionize the way that cancer is being treated um, in the world. And I, she's going to need to explain that to you because I cannot do it. My, my brain doesn't work that way, but it's incredible. She is the CEO of her own company at just 28 years old. I'm so excited for her to tell you more about it, but... She's also going to open up in this episode about mental health. She has come to terms with the fact that she needed to go see a therapist, um, and that was a really hard thing for her to admit, but you'll hear her tell you just how much it changed her life. We'll have a conversation about that, um, and I'm just proud of her for opening up. I'm just so proud of her. My goodness. I'll just keep repeating it. But anyway, let's get right into it. We met when I was in Cleveland this past month, home visiting family for the 4th of July weekend. And we met up at this this most adorable little coffee shop called Fiona's in downtown Willoughby. So without further ado, join me for Coffee with Katie and Dr. Stephanie Lemoham. Being short, yeah. <laughs> For once in your life, yes. it's like a non-issue. <laughs> All right, whatever. This is happening. Yes. Okay. So, um, when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about, I was like, you are probably the only person that could come on this podcast at this point that I've known like their entire <laughs> life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that yeah. make any sense? Unless my nieces were to come on. Yeah, I mean, we've known each other for so long. I mean, minus the two we years you were alive when I wasn't. It's yeah. pretty much the only time we didn't know each other. And then there was, you were born in England, so we didn't yes. see each other for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, since I was we, overseas traveling. Oh, yes. My... Just a rare, you're born a traveler. Born yeah. a traveler. Uh, so my, uh, in preparing for this, I figured I had a little bit of ammo, right? Yes. And uh, what I'm holding here is not my journal, it's my mom's journal. Oh, gosh. We're going to cry, probably. I know. Oh, <laughs> shoot, man. We're not going to go quite that deep. But I have you don't this... You uh, for me. <laughs> I have this passage here from when you moved back okay. from England. <clears throat> my mom writes, My sister Donna and her family moved back from England in May. Her daughter, your cousin, Stephanie, is around one and a half years younger than you. Since Donna and I get along so well and do so many things together, it is our hope that you will be friends. I don't know, though, because Stephanie and you, your personalities seem to be so different. This should prove to be interesting. (laughs) Maybe it's because Stephanie is so much younger, I don't know. Today she pulled your hair, and you just about had it with her. It makes for an uncomfortable situation sometimes. 
She is a very active child, underlined. I'm hoping she'll settle down and you two will be good friends. That's adorable. Isn't that cute? Yeah. But I wanted, I thought it was funny to read that you were like a very active child. Because I've always known you to be like very, you know. I'm very organized and type A, but at the same time, I am very active, mm-hmm. at least mentally and, phys- and physically as yeah, well, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, so I, I think that kind of held true for my life to this point. Your brain's still going a million miles a minute yes, at all times. Yes, and yeah. I think us having very different personalities but getting along mm-hmm. has held true as well. I yeah. mean, you were like my big sister growing up, still are. <laughs> but I think we like really started clicking in high school. Yes, those morning drives to high school <laughs> really sealed the deal for they us. They did, and um, I wanted to share that you had a note in your backpack. A note? Didn't you have a oh, note in your I backpack? Oh, I did. I did. So Katie was always notoriously late in the morning. Like, I would just show up at her house ready to go to school, backpack mm-hmm. full of books, ready with all my homework done. <laughs> Emphasize, like, a very large backpack filled with a Too large. large amount of books. <laughs> Probably causing injury to my back yes. large. <laughs> this is why she has back problems yes. today. Um, but... She would just be, like, casually sitting on the couch, like, you know, not really in a rush to get to school. And I would try to be really calm when I came into the house and be like, okay, we'll we'll get there on time. And at some point, I expressed my concern to my mom, and she just wrote me an emergency late letter (laughs) just in case to give to the principal in case we were late so I would be excused and not get a detention. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the story of our lives is that you're, like, always prepared (laughs) And I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think it's great to be both ways. I think there's advantages yeah. in both ways. Yeah. Um, I have definitely have learned, recently at least, to be a little bit more flexible. There's yeah. some value in that. Mm-hmm. There's also some value in being prepared, and that's always going to be a part of my nature. I yeah. can't, I'm not really a great person just jumping into things, but I've learned that sometimes you have to. Yeah. To get there's no done. wrong way. You have mm-hmm. to figure out what works best for you. But you have always been very dedicated to your education, to school. That's always been very important to you. And I wanted to ask um, if that was always the case, like if you just kind of naturally dro- like were interested in school or if your parents kind of drove that home for you, you know. Yeah. Um, I think to a certain point, my mom did have a big influence because she, she was a teacher. Right. Um, but really – you know, in my heart, I just love learning. Mm-hmm. I, you can't take the student out of me. So I just graduated from five years of getting my PhD. And less than maybe six months later, I signed up for a photography class. You did not. I want to be back in learning. And this time, obviously, it's more fun yeah, yeah. to be doing something with a hobby, yeah. you know, focus rather than, you know. But honestly, I still, I love school. I love learning. I just, I love it. And as crazy as it sounds, I would not hate, like, learning more and going after being yeah. in school my whole entire life. But also maybe part of that is just because that's what I've been comfortable with my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a shocker graduating after 27 years of Straight school. school. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't even take a break between undergraduate and graduate. And uh, I was kind of like, what do I do with my time now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but now it's been fun to have, I've embraced that free time more and taking like these hobbyist classes has been really fun. Um, so yeah, I just love learning. Yeah. I, I think it's just so fun. I think there's so much to learn in the world and 
I'm really more of a active learner going back to being really active. Right, right. Um, I, you know, so I learn best in structured classes, having that face-to-face time and learning with people. Um, Hands-on, yeah. visual learner. And I, I can teach myself a lot of things, but I just don't think I feel as engaged when I'm not surrounded by other people wanting to learn or yeah. I'm not with someone else who knows more than me and I want to learn from them. I just think that's a really great environment for me. And yeah, so I I just love it. I love learning. I often go back to like being in college when I just don't think there was ever a time when I was with such a similar minded, like-minded group of people Mm -hmm. who were all so excited about learning, so excited Mm -hmm. about our careers and moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I see why that's really attractive. Yes. Um, Yeah. And I think college is so much fun in that sense, like mostly undergrad because everyone's in the same boat. You're Mm -hmm. all kind of like figuring out what you want to do. Nobody knows. No, no one knows. Yeah. Um, and things just kind of fall into place, but you're all kind of in the same mindset. You study, you do your work, you Mm -hmm. go to class. And for me, that's just really fulfilling. I just really love it. So, so let it tell everybody kind of what your path was, which, Mm -hmm. how you, um, where you went to school and what you were studying at each place. Yeah. So Katie and I went to NDCL together. Go Lions. <laughs> Get this for a, a high school name. Notre Dame Cathedral Latin High yes. School. Try putting that on a college application. Right. It, like, never fit. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, so well, that was, you know, good old high school. You can't really get much information from that yeah. by, besides just being really awkward and uncomfortable with yourself. Yeah. I think that's pretty much where everybody yeah, that's is. about it. Um, but even at high school level, I loved science and math. Those mm-hmm. were just my two go-to subjects. I just love them. Um, math especially, the idea of just putting equations together and plugging and chugging, like just mm-hmm. getting those values and, you know, just learning about the math and the theory of it. I, I, it just always excited me. Um, and that really expanded and spilled over into the, the science as well, you know, chemistry and biology. So it wasn't really interesting how I chose my undergraduate major I just put two together and went into chemical engineering and I wasn't really sure if I would like it and I kind of just took a jump you know a leap of faith and it ended up sticking for all four years um so I mean a lot of people go in undecided and I think that's great and for me it was just like you know I know I really like these two subjects so I'm just gonna try it and I kind of always had the open mind maybe I'll switch or change it up but it it just stuck and Mm -hmm. I loved it so I loved did somebody ever tell you what chemical engineering was like in high school you know how did you figure out what it was yeah and so I think it's really important yeah to gather information about what you want to do and try to make the best decision you can so I did talk to people um I shadowed a lot Mm -hmm. and I talked to people that were in the field and um you know, followed them around at work, you know, the classic high school style and asked questions, you know, so luckily my dad was at a chemical company. So I was able to actually follow some chemical engineers around there. Um, We had another connection on our street that worked at a chemical company. I followed him around and I just saw these people in these labs combining science and math and applying them to these tangible outcomes. And I was like, this is cool. I want to try this. So and it was hands on. Yes. Like you were saying active. too, you get to be active mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so that stuck for all four years at Miami University. Um, you know, it was a great experience, and that school, I, I love it. You know, everyone you ask that goes there loves it. Yeah. Um, the campus is amazing. Beautiful and, campus. Yes. Even though I went to your rival school. <laughs> it is a beautiful campus, I can admit that. Yes. And yes. a great educational institution. Yes, it, it was. And um, the engineering program was smaller, but I actually really liked that because it 
it, the teachers really cared, I felt. Um, you know, they were always there for office hours, and I just, you know, I loved that learning experience. So having them being as serious about it as I was, it was great. Um, and of course, I met my husband there, so. Woohoo, shout out to Trevor. Yes. <laughs> um, so then I graduated there, um, 2012, and then I started graduate school immediately. So within um, undergrad, I, I kind of knew from the start I wanted to go beyond undergrad, um, just because the research and the science, again, going back to being really wanting to be hands-on active. So I saw the level of work that those that within undergraduate could do, um, and I just thought I wanted to take it a step further and dig deeper and have a little bit more independence in my science and my research, kind of be a lead scientist in those roles. Um, and, you know, obviously those other roles are just as important, but I just felt for me, I really wanted to take it a step further and, again, learn more. So um, also within undergraduate, my... <laughs> I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> what? I just got emotional. But anyways, my mom um, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And yeah. so that was really life-altering in the sense, you know, you get this phone call while you're away at college that your mom is being rushed into emergency surgery because yeah. she has stage three ovarian cancer. Um, so that's like <laughs> yeah. the worst phone call to get. The worst phone call to get, and I'm not trying to negate your emotion, <laughs> yeah. but she is, she beat it. Yes. She beat it. Yes. So eight years later, you know, she is in remission. I'm so incredibly proud of her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so. She totally changed her lifestyle. She is so healthy and active mm -hmm. and just always working towards being the healthiest she can be. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so but she's... That's the worst. <laughs> I mean, not to negate well, it, but, no, you know. No, no, I, yes. She's awesome and amazing. And so I, you know, also my dad did have um, a smaller, you know, instant of cancer in high school. And that was really kind of the starting point where I started thinking a little bit more, what kind of science and research do I want to get into? Um, you know, so that's always been the back of my mind. And then in undergrad, when I witnessed how much, you know, you know, so my dad, he, you know, suffered as well, but his was a little bit more treatable. He had surgery and he didn't have to go through his intense chemotherapy as my mother did, you know, but at the end of the day, cancer is cancer and it sucks. Yeah. You never want that, especially Absolutely. for your parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but with my mother, it just having that firsthand experience with her chemotherapy, I, I was just in shock at how little we still know about cancer and how few treatments are available for patients and how little, you know, to be frank, the doctors know how to treat this disease. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, I started really digging into it and learning more, and it's this disease of your body. It's your own cells turning against you, essentially, which is why it's so difficult to treat. And this just really sparked, you know, so much inside me to want to learn more yep. and dig deeper. And what I really found about the cancer field is that I felt confident going into this type of research that... I would never be bored. I would always find something interesting, always find something new to explore. And there's, from the engineering standpoint, this is a huge question unknown still. So this is a huge problem that still needs to be solved. Mm -hmm. So that was just like so attractive to me. Like a little yes. light bulb goes off. It like, was. And I can make a difference. Exactly. And, you know, obviously the passion. The passion's what drives you. You have to find something that drives you and you feel great about doing every day. And... You know, just having both my parents go through that, but also hearing everyone else's stories about it and just 
having that science and math also behind me to kind of make me interested. And I was just like, this is, this is what I want to do. So um, that was a really big eye-opening, you know, experience. And I pretty much at that point was dedicated. I'm going into cancer research, and I never looked back. So um, for graduate school, I applied to many different schools. And at the end of the day, I just went around and talked to professors like, do you have cancer research? That's all I cared about. Right. Um, and luckily, I fell into a great lab at the University of Akron mm-hmm. and um, it, in biomedical engineering, which was a great field to kind of bring this all together and focus on the cancer research. Um, and it really took off from there. So I actually start off with the intention of being a master's student. Right. And two years, get out, you know, <laughs> go get a job. But it just took off, and um, my advisor at the time sat me down and was like, this is going really well. Do you want to save for your PhD? You know, I can fund you. And I was like, this is, you know, so every big decision in my life, from the beginning, I've made a pros and cons list. Oh, yeah. Which you can, you can always rely on and do, but at the end of the day, it's a leap of faith. <laughs> Tell me about your pros and cons <laughs> list. This is so great, because I make pros and cons yes. lists, too. Do you, like, divide it into columns? Is it more of, like, a pie chart? What are you... Oh, columns. Kind of columns. For sure. Okay. Yes. Like, just a regular notebook paper? Or are you going, like, Excel spreadsheet? I've done all the above. Okay. So sometimes I do multiple for a okay. decision. Yes. You know, sometimes you have to go through multiple iterations and be like, have, has anything changed? You got to kind of reevaluate mm-hmm. it yeah, at yeah. different points. And so, but as many as the, of those as I make, you have to just really follow your heart and yeah. take a leap of faith. You can get caught up on it. Yes. If you don't just let go and make a decision, sometimes yes. you're like, let me go back with a different color highlighter this <laughs> yeah. time and see what's still appropriate. Yes. And so... It, it, yeah, it, it's it's great, and I, I definitely like to use it as a sounding board, just, like, logically, here's my positives, here's my negatives, and I even take a step further, like, rank those, my positives and my negatives, yeah. and score them, and... Give them you know, weight. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly, and it's so hard, you know, I'm a very emotional person, so it's so hard sometimes to make decisions without just being emotional about it, because mm-hmm. if, sometimes if you follow your emotions, you know, whether you're scared, or you just want to stay with what's comfortable, or you just want to go make money, or yeah. you're worried about all these other things emotionally, you might not be actually making the best decision mm-hmm. at the end, if you just kind of do these knee-jerk reactions mm-hmm. to how you're feeling. Yeah, and... So you were dating Trevor at that point, who's mm-hmm. your now husband, mm-hmm. and you kind of, I can see where, you know, you had to make the decision to do it long distance. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have made that emotional decision to stay where he was or mm-hmm. to make, but you guys worked it out and you did it long distance. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really cool too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for the first year of graduate school, we were long distance, um, so, yeah, it, it was, I could have definitely made that decision and been like, I don't want to move away and, right. you know, I want us to stay together. But I also just think in terms of relationship, it was really strengthening, you know, to have that experience and, you know, not like everyone has to go through that, but I'm happy it worked out that way. Just, right. you know, it, it worked out for the best. Um, and the fact that we made it through and here mm-hmm. we are. So. Yeah. so you went on straight from grad school to getting your Ph.D., mm-hmm. And you made, your research really started taking off Mm -hmm. at this point. So Mm -hmm. tell me what you were developing and, uh, you know, where that led you. Yeah, so in the lab, um, we started developing a technology that actually grows small-scale tumors. So it's pretty crazy. Um, This was also, so this was a pretty 
different experience for me coming from a chemical engineering background. When I walked in the lab, everyone there knew how to work with cells and do biology, standard biology lab, lab techniques. I had no idea, and I was terrified. Um, but I knew this was what I wanted to do, so I just did it. And yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the research just started really taking off. So this technology can grow these 3D cancer cell cultures that can then be used for cancer drug testing. And so the idea is that in the pharmaceutical industry, what they're doing now is they're testing on 2D layers. Obviously, tumors and us humans are 3D. Yep. So cancer drugs are going to respond very differently in a 2D environment than they are in a 3D. So by using this technology in drug discovery work, we can get a better idea how cancer drugs are going to respond earlier in the process and ultimately help get more effective cancer drugs to the market faster and cheaper. So that's you actually put that very well. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, being in the science field, sometimes you can get mm -hmm. in deep with it. So when was that like aha moment that you knew it was going to be, it was going to work, like it was going to be big? Yeah, so I think kind of with these things, everyone else kind of knows before you do. Like you kind, <laughs> everyone else kind of starts making a bigger deal, and they're yeah. like, "Wait, what? You care about this?" Yeah. Like, um, so we we were just doing a standard research lab routine, you know, do the experiments, publish, get our data out there, um, and a lot of this goes out to my advisor at the time, who was applying for grants, spreading the awareness of our technology, and we kept getting a, you know, getting funding and awareness, and the media started getting involved. Um, and also a lot of it's timing. So this is a huge thing in this current market space that right. people need and people want. Um, and we also actually started thinking about commercializing this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we went around and talked to potential customers. So we actually talked to over 100 potential customers, going to them, listening to them. And so coming from a science background, that was really hard. I want to be like, what do you do? Tell me about your research. But I had to listen to what their needs are, what their current dilemmas are in you know, cancer research, and really listen for, is this something they need? Um, because you can't ever be successful in a business if you're not taking customer input into account and you're just creating something that you think people need. Right. Um, and we all have customers. Yes. <laughs> Every, if you are in a business, you yes. have a customer. Yeah, that's really important. Mm -hmm. You were, um, and you traveled to do this too, right? Yes. In some occasions. Mm -hmm. So there was actually a um, established program that we went through to do this, and so we flew out to LA, and we talked to um, customers there. Um, we also went to other conferences, like in Chicago, um, Boston. So it, yeah, it, it took a lot of traveling and talking to people, and it's an ongoing process because um, you need to constantly take this information yep. in, and you know, because people their needs change based on what they have um, available to them and uh, you know the market trends change so you kind of have to constantly do this mm -hmm. uh, so yeah and it was also that was kind of my first step into entrepreneurship yeah. um, which was a very different world and totally. so actually I'm pretty open about sharing why I got into this space now but actually at that entrepreneurship program in LA they kept pushing me to be more emotional and open about it and for some reason I just I felt because they were telling me to be that way I didn't want to be Ooh, that yeah, way you, yeah so I was being kind of stubborn and I just felt like you know people should just trust me why do I have to tell them why I'm doing this isn't that crazy how that authenticity or just sharing a mm -hmm. little bit about yourself is often the selling point yes that's when people buy yes and that was pretty much what happened once I started really opening up about why I'm doing this and my why it, it it when people have that personal connection it changes everything mm -hmm. um, and so yeah it's pretty 
funny to think back to that about, you know, how much I didn't want to do that, and now I'm just much more open about it. And Have you gotten emotional about it in front of people, like when you were trying to pitch your product? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's gotten really hard sometimes in the beginning. Um, so usually it's you, when you, you're pitching for business or funding, it's the first thing you kind of say is why you're doing this. And um, actually our aunt, Linda, yeah. the day um, she you know, got diagnosed with her pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. I was pitching and I got the text as I was walking into, no. <laughs> as I was walking into the pitch and I kind of lost a little bit, um, but it wasn't crying. I was angry. <laughs> I got angry. You were fired up. Yes. I mean, I, and our grandparents too. And you know, it, how many more people do we have to watch right. suffer from yes. this? Um, yeah, and so I was just, I was frustrated with that, and I went up there, and I just kind of let it let it go. Um, and it kind of was one of the better pitches I did, I think, you know, being spontaneous, not being so scripted and afraid. Throw the pro, pro, threw the pro and cons list out the window and exactly. just went with your heart. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, and it, and it adds passion and fire and, to me. And it, it sometimes it's really easy to just... After you do so many, after I talk about this technology for so much, sometimes I can get very robotic about how I explain it. Mm -hmm. And I think the more I can, individuality I can keep adding to it and Mm -hmm. show my emotions, the better. And just in general life, don't hide your emotions. (laughs) Be who you are and embrace them. And know when it's good to listen and when you just kind of have to let them be. I know. Yeah. That's good. It's deep stuff. <laughs> yes. So you are going around the country. You, yes. You're listening to people. Will this sell? Will people buy it? Is it needed? And then you figure out that it is needed, mm-hmm. right? So you start this business. Mm-hmm. So tell me about how you started the business, kind of your role in the business, and take us up to current status with your business. Yes. Um, so yeah, we took a little detour there, but... Yeah. Um, a yeah. good detour. <laughs> yes. A good detour. So... Um, yeah, so within graduate school, we went through this customer phase, and then we got a lot, a lot of positive response. And so that was the kind of aha moment. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that could be used to the, to the market and the world, and most importantly, patients. You know, if we can improve treatments for patients, that's mm-hmm. all the information you really need to make the decision. So uh, we formed a company, Onco Solutions. Uh, check us out at OncoSolutionsLLC.com. And spell it. Onco. So O-N-C-O, then solutions. All one word. <laughs> Wait, spell out solutions. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. O-N-C-O. Yes, O-N-C-O. Uh, so solutionsllc.com. And um, we're a small startup company in Akron, Ohio. So this was in 2016. We formed and registered the company. And so me freaked out about forming a company I had no idea like what was involved and luckily we had a business mentor and um, so my advisor at the time is also a co-founder and this business mentor and me so we all co-founded the company and I was just like so wound up about the legalities of it and they're like this really isn't that big of a deal like you uh, to be honest you fill out a form and pay like a hundred bucks in Ohio and you have a LLC registered company there you (laughs) go everybody stop freaking out (laughs) yes just do it yeah um so but of course the harder parts come after that it's easy to file the paperwork um so then it was really a matter of like well we need funding and I committed to doing this after I graduated my PhD so I graduated in August 2017 so I've been doing it for about a year now as CEO Mm -hmm. um so me no business experience whatsoever pure science uh experience going to these rooms pitching in front of all these older people who have way more business experience than me mostly men as well Mm -hmm. um pretty intimidating so Mm -hmm. it was 
a crazy experience. So actually, the first set of pitches I did, I went up and I just did science. And the whole audience just glazed over. I'm like, why are they not excited about this? Like, this is cool science. This is my jam. Yeah. I'm like, these are my publication figures. Like, why are they not into these? Yeah. And Look then at this math. <laughs> yes. This is invigorating. Yes. And then, you know, it took a, a few times for my business mentor. And also, you know, one thing I constantly work on for myself is to take feedback. Sometimes it can be really hard to yeah. take feedback, especially something like this that has been my baby mm -hmm. for five years yeah. and more than that now, but at yeah. that point, about five years. Are you pretty stubborn about feedback too? You kind of like put your foot down. Oh yeah. And then you like have to like decompress and then you realize, oh, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Maybe there is some takeaway there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's something I've become much more aware of um, through this business experience because it's constant feedback. I mean, I have to be open to it because I'm not, you know, wherever you are, even if you think you know everything, you don't. And you, don't. you have to be willing to take other people's feedback. I, um, heard, I heard once there's truth in every criticism, mm -hmm. even if it's like really tough, really bad criticism mm -hmm. and the majority of it is, is not true. Mm -hmm. you know, even maybe that perception is true. Mm -hmm. And just to learn from that and yeah. process that. Anyway, keep yes. moving. No, definitely. Um, I agree. And it, it's a good process. You know, also with feedback, you don't have to necessarily agree with people, but oh, just yeah. to accept it and right. think about it. Right. Um, so anyways, my business mentor and others were like, you need to bring this down a level and make it about the business. Exactly. Um, so the science obviously is a big part of it. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, when you're pitching to investors or funds or even just pitch contests, you have to make it simple, say the why, um, you know, and answer the very simple, straightforward questions that mm -hmm. make it compelling story. Um, so, you know say it's a big market, say, you know, why this could be helpful, why now, um, and you know, still touch on your product and what it can do and its competitive advantages, but apart from that, don't dig into the nitty-gritty science. Yeah. So, first pitch, so the first year of pitching, I lost all of them, and I was so deflated. I was How like, many? Um, so, I went to, so, actually, it's pretty cool, um, in, at least in Northeast Ohio, there's so many of these, you know, at universities and smaller, you know, cool. you know, funds that, that have these opportunities. I think I went to maybe five, and I, I just was so deflated. And there was this one company, I remember, that just won a lot of them. And I was like, what do they have that I don't have? Like, you know, and I was so passionate about it. I'm like, why are people not interested in this? Mm -hmm. um, so then, you know, I got the feedback about the pitch, and I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. So I, and that was really hard, because I had to basically... Turn, I really think about it sometimes, turning off my science part of the brain. I have to just really kind of turn that off, turn on the business, and speak from that side of it. And that was really different and hard for me because I'm like, I, I don't know anything about this. Like, I, I learned about it. You know, I love learning, so it was a good opportunity to learn. And I researched about it, and I just embraced it. So then I went back to literally every other pitch contest that I tried the year prior, mm -hmm. and I won, like, three out of five. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we were able to get, I mean, so these are very small amounts of money, but this is our starting point. Right. Um, Every little bit's going to help yes. you at this point. Yeah. So I got about 14000 just going to pitch contests. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, and so also this was terrifying at this time because I did not have a salary. So I was graduating with my PhD and I did not have a salary. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that was terrifying. And so that was a huge motivation to go around to these pitch contests. Um, so actually, that was pretty much what I started off with paying myself was these pitch winnings yeah. to get the business going. And we were able to get some for the lab space. Um, so there's an incubator space in Akron that we could rent. Mm -hmm. And um, it kept just 
going from there. So then I looked into state and other local funding. I was able to get about uh, 200000 mm-hmm. in state and local funding for equipment and the lab. Mm-hmm. And we just recently got a federal grant for about a quarter million. So we're almost about up to half a million raised in just, you know, two years. And well, so really it's one year is when I really started kicking into gear right, right. after I graduated. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, in just about a year, this funding has come through. And I hired my first employee. Yay! And I can fund myself, and we can um, really start trying to get sales and build the business side and, um, you know, keep talking to those customers and really get this to the market, obviously, Mm -hmm. is our goal. Um, And so partnering, networking, those are all critical parts, and obviously continuing the fundraising. Yeah, the fundraising part is so interesting for me to talk to you Mm -hmm. about because I've never experienced that before. And I'm so proud to hear that you've gotten, like, your goals, yeah. that you're reaching them. But what is that experience like? You're talking about switching to emotional, but you are, just to put it in perspective at the time, you're how old? You're 26, 27? Yes. Sometimes I forget my age. And, <laughs> so, and you're, yeah. I mean, you're not standing right now. So the, for the people that are watching on YouTube, you're, you're a small person. And you're a woman. I mean... What is that like? Like, and is, are yeah. you getting any feedback about those things? Are people directly telling you you're too young for this? Or you know what I mean? A hundred percent. You know, so when I went through my first pitch contest, that was the whole room's feeling. You know, and some are more direct. Some are saying, you know, you're you're not going to succeed. You're too young. You don't know what you're doing. And a lot of people want to be in your face and not give you constructive criticism, but just be rude and say you don't know what you're doing, you don't have any business experience. I mean, I've had things like that said to me. Um, It's awful. It's Mm -hmm. terrible. And all older men, essentially. um, And I know they have more business experience than me. And it was really awful to go through that for the first couple of pitches. Um, I was so down about it. I would cry. I would just go in the car afterwards and cry. Um, You know, you just feel like this was my passion, this is my dream, this is my baby, and I love the science of it, and I'm trying to do the business, and I just, it was hard when it wasn't such a friendlier environment to receive this effort on my end, and, um, you know, so, but I had to really transform myself. Then, you know, what I did is I turned it around, and I walked into rooms. If I come off confident, like I know what I'm talking about, and I do know what I'm talking about, prepared, you know, always be prepared. Then, and also willing. I think honestly, a lot of people actually admit, like, like it when you admit that you just might not know, and that's okay. Rather than being fight, fight about it. Mm-hmm. You know, be like, you know, I don't know about this specific question, but that's something we can definitely look into. Like, just be respectful about it. But mostly, it's the confidence. If you go yeah. in giving off confidence, people are going to receive that. And you know, of course, I was so timid in the beginning and scared, and I am this like science fresh scientist graduate trying to do this company and it, co- it could come off as like a school project to other people yeah. and the more serious I took myself the more confident I was the more others accepted that and people are going to be jerks people have told me really rude awful things and I get also it's a matter of when I've gotten a lot better about standing up for myself in those instances but also when is the right time to stand up for yourself and just you yeah. know sometimes people just project their insufficiencies on you they they just might not feel like they're 
doing great with their lives. And so they're just projecting that on you. It's not, they don't define my value or my worth. So I had to hold on to that. It was me and it's up to me to be confident, to be strong and do it. And um, it was, once I kind of made that switch, it was a lot better. But yes, unfortunately, I've had a lot of negative things said to me. Um, People have told me, oh, you're going to have to read one of those books on how to be a successful career woman while also being a mother. And I'm like, first of all, I'm, you know, I don't know why it would be any of your business whether or not I am planning on being a mother anytime soon. But second oh of all, <laughs> second of all, I don't need to read a book to do that. So people have been very rude. And um, I've had people stare at my chest during presentations. Oh. I've had the whole range. You know, I could give you many, many stories. You know, people calling me honey. I just, it's, it's pretty deflating and frustrating, but you, at the end of the day, you gotta uplift. You can't let them define you or take you down. You gotta uplift yourself, and they don't matter. They don't know me. They don't. Even if they did, at the end of the day, you gotta depend on yourself. To, yeah, that's where your value is. Yeah, so. I love that. They don't define my value. No, it's true. Yeah. I'm really proud of you for saying that. Thanks. Ugh, that just <laughs> sounds like gut wrenching. It's just, awful. Ugh. Yeah, it's awful. Well, I mean, enough with the gut wrenching because you <laughs> you were talking about having mentors through this yeah. process and um, talk about how important how important have mentors been to you, and you don't really try and look for mentors, right? Like, how did you find your mentors? Yeah, so I've been really lucky to be surrounded by so many great people, um, and you know, say what you want about Northeast Ohio, but the people here have heart and they're willing to just help me out of the goodness of their heart. And I've been so incredibly grateful for that. Um, So, you know, my two co-founders have been really supportive. um, And, but beyond that, we've had great advisors um, in both the science and pharma space, but also on the business side. Um, And in particular, I had this one, I have this one sales mentor and she's just awesome. She's a rocking awesome lady. And I think what makes a great mentor is not that she guides me on what, you know, she knows about, which is sales in this case, but she comes in and she pumps me up. She just gets me so excited. She's your hype man. Yeah. And in this environment, you need that in a startup company of one, I guess now too, (laughs) but, um, you know, it was me sitting in a lab room by myself for eight months. So that can get pretty hard mentally. Um, but having her come in and just be like, let's do this, like have that energy, bring that enthusiasm. It, 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 that makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also clearly she's very experienced in sales and she helped me, um, really get more focused on that. And we were able to get our first trial with a company and we're hoping to get our first sales this year, which would be incredible. So, um, Yeah, I think it's all about networking at the end of the day, going to the right conferences, talking to the right people, and also just you never know where or when you're going to meet somebody. So Mm -hmm. it kind of gives you motivation to spark those random conversations with someone at a coffee shop or elsewhere um, because you don't know when or where you're going to meet somebody. Yeah. Have you had the opportunity to mentor someone, like kind of flip the switch? Yes. Um, So I did a little bit at the university level, like with um, researchers, but in the company I actually have like seven interns now um, who, you know, are young undergraduate, you know, students. And, uh, I love it. I, I love encouraging other people, um, just to follow their dreams and their passion. And like, I think the more people see other people doing things they never thought they could do, the more they're likely to do things they mm-hmm. just never really thought of. Or if she feel, can do it, I can do it yeah, too. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. feel empowered. And I think that's when I really feel the happiest is when I am, 
just engaged with other people and, you know, they're inspiring me. And I mean, the interns honestly day to day inspire me and I hope that I can inspire them. It's a mutual relationship, usually mentoring. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they work so hard and I'm like, wow, I need to step up my game here. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Yeah. So, and it's been great. And also specifically with younger, you know, women in science, engineering, technology, math just STEM I kind of said it backwards but (laughs) (laughs) yeah like I mean what's it been you know you talked about going into a like a fundraising room or a a conference or things like that but just in science in general I mean you're in a male-dominated field Mm -hmm. um has that been really rewarding to be able to not just champion you know for cancer your mom or your your you know just Mm -hmm. I don't know to kind of like that, within the that, science, yeah, within side, the yeah. sciences, I yes. don't know. Yes, um, it's honestly science and business have been very similar experiences. You know, I got a lot of not being taken serious on the science side either through graduate school, um, and people just—I don't understand why people are so quick to judge a lot of the time, and it's pretty frustrating. Um, you know, a lot of times I was assigned tasks to do cleaning, you know, in the lab because I'm a woman. What? Yes. So no. Yes. That makes me want to throw over this table. I know it. It was awful, and I, you know, that was one of those. So at this, if that would have happened to me, I would have laid the law down and been like, "This is, I'm, you know, you can ask me to do it, but it's not because I'm a woman." Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and that was, it was said that that's why I was being asked to clean was because I was a woman. So, um, you know, those younger years, like in graduate school, I wasn't as quick to stand up for myself. But Mm -hmm. now through this business experience. you know, going into the business side and being a little bit more directly impacted by it, I think I really stepped it up a notch and how I want to respond to that. Um, but definitely in the science, I've been called a Barbie in science. Um, you know, science Barbie. Yeah, Ugh. you know, it's like I, I'm so, I'm not sorry that I look a certain way. You know, I I, I like to still. You know, Be there's just there's stereotypes. I know. You know, some people when they think of a scientist girl, they think of someone who doesn't like to wear makeup or do their hair or have style. I'm like, well, that's not me, and I'm gonna embrace that and mm-hmm. still do that. And um, it, you're fine either way. Do you? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if others do want that. And I don't know why it's up to people to make comments about it. It's just so frustrating. None of your business. <laughs> right. I think that listening to you, you probably got a lot of confidence from this business side, and that's been able to translate in other areas, too, and give you confidence to stick up for yourself in those areas, too. And it's probably super empowering for your interns and the people that you're mentoring to see a strong woman Mm -hmm. in the research field, in Mm -hmm. the laboratory, Mm -hmm. sticking up for herself. That's probably really really changing the game yes a hundred percent um so I think yeah the business stuff just really reinforced a lot of what I think I experienced in the science side and I just didn't maybe have the confidence at the time to really stick up for myself it something did grow and change in me through this business side I can't really pinpoint what it was I think just being up by myself and I think being thrown into this crazy situation I mean I had to physically build a lab by myself you know, honestly, one of the biggest attributes that helped me was my physical strength to move these pieces of equipment in this lab. And you're a woman. Yes, and I'm a woman. (laughs) And I did that with my two hands. And I think just seeing this empty room that I moved into in October, seeing it fill with this equipment, and then being able to get cells growing in there, and then be able to do experiments, and then having people say I'm not going to be successful with the funding, and then raising half a million, just hitting, not like I need those concrete milestones, but just seeing that progression I think really built something inside me and I think 
I don't know, something just really sparked in me that we need to empower each other. And I need to, you know, I'm a woman. I need to be proud of that. And I am proud of that. And um, the more I can just spread that, the better. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I wish that we could almost go back to, uh, like, high school and tell ourselves that, Oh, right? my gosh, yes. And just that, like, life gets so much better. Mm-hmm. And you get so much confidence. Mm-hmm. And don't look at other people and envy them or get jealous. Like, you are so awesome at yes. being you. Yes. Um, high school was awful for me. I, I was just so uncomfortable with my skin. And I'm not perfect. Some days I do just feel bad and totally but I think what's different now is I just let myself feel that way mm-hmm. um you know some days you just don't you, you kind of feel a little down and lack confidence but feel your feelings okay yeah <laughs> um that doesn't mean I'm not confident it just means in this moment I'm kind of just feeling like that but high school I was just so wound up about what other people thought letting them define my value letting other things define my value like superficial things like how I looked how I I mean we had uniforms but who had the best knee highs you know just like things like yeah. that it, it, it just doesn't matter um, at the end of the day. And I think you really learn that. It's kind of actually hard to learn that, I think, as you grow up. It is, yeah. Um, and I think it, it, it's hard to honestly look inside for validation. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to find validation through superficial things because it's quick and easy and you feel pretty good. You know, you feel good when you go get a new it's outfit. It's like a and quick you put high. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But then it's not lasting. Um, it's, not for, it's not a forever mm-hmm. happy. So I think it's... That kind of, you know, just sparked in me. Um, and I, I I just, yeah. But I think everyone has to kind of go through that high school. I don't think you would know how valuable it is to feel this way yes. if you didn't go through I know. that. I agree. So you've also opened up to me recently about, you know, coming full circle and taking care of your mental health side too. Mm-hmm. And going to therapy and being open about addressing your anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um Tell us about how you kind of, well, first of all, okay, so I recently saw like a post on Instagram and it was like, check on your strong friends. That's what it said. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, like that really hit home for me because I feel like you are, you are one of those people that is one of my strong friends. You know what I mean? I look at you, you're building this business. You are, you know, you've got this great marriage and you're, everything's good for (laughs) Stephanie, but like. Just because you're strong doesn't mean that you don't have to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and that you can have those weak mm-hmm. moments. So how did you come to terms with, like, it's okay to go to therapy, it's okay to admit that I have anxiety mm-hmm. and address those issues? Well, like you said, um, sometimes it's really hard to come to terms with things not being perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think for a long time I was really focused on being perfect and using again, like some things to measure my happiness. And um, it, it was the first year of graduate school and everything just hit me so fast. Um, so I'm pretty bad with change. Um, I, I just don't do well with it. And that's something, the more I embrace that and just acknowledge that, the better I think I'll be. Um, you know, just to know any upcoming change is gonna kind of be a little bit difficult for me. Um, and I didn't really n- have that much self-awareness as I was going to graduate school. Um, you know, I just dove in and it hit me hard. So I was just so busy, um, you know, taking these classes, being a teaching assistant, and then also research. And I was, ha- you know, these stresses of not knowing what I'm doing in the lab, working with these, you know, cancer cells. I was just so incredibly stressed and overwhelmed. And so I, I think I felt that way at, like to a certain level at some points in my life, but I didn't really 
address it or it just it wasn't to this magnitude and so this unfortunately was like the worst you know anxiety I've felt ever and it really it manifested its way in physical ways so I would feel ill I would feel like faint I would feel like something was wrong with me physically like I was had some sort of disorder or disease like I thought something was physically wrong with me and so in that time I actually went to the doctor and tried to like figure out if something was physically wrong with me I like I keep feeling faintish I keep feeling ill like I just don't feel like myself like something's off and they actually ran all of these tests um they you know they did some heart tests because I was feeling faintish and all this stuff and at one point my doctor sits me down and she's like you know what you have a lot going on like maybe this is anxiety and stress like she recommended talking to someone and that was kind of hard for me to swallow because I was just like I think unfortunately we have this view that going to seek help through therapists or counseling is a bad thing yep it's not though it's totally acceptable I honestly think it's more common than you think and we're just uh, not talking about it exactly and we need to and we need to be more open about it and I think that was it was hard for me to admit to myself like you know, I, I don't know. I kept trying to pursue this perfect life, but I, you know what? I'm not perfect, and I am an emotional person, and I'm anxious, and I have a lot of anxiety, and I need to deal with that. Um, so I went to my therapist. I was so nervous. Yeah. I'm incredibly nervous, and she honestly, hands down, changed my life. Um, and I tell her that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Well, I don't really talk to her too much anymore. But I, I've written her emails and just been like. You know, I'm feeling anxious now, and I'm just using some of the tools that you've taught me, and it's helping. Just, I think it's important for also therapists to know how important they are. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I um, went and saw her, and it it was just night and day. I did not feel, physically, I felt so much better because, you know, we started talking about taking time for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, taking, when I start feeling these triggers of feeling these, you know, feeling ill or feeling faintish, I need to look internally and just take those five, ten minutes, sit here, breathe, center myself, go for a walk, close your laptop, go work out, go eat lunch outside, take time for yourself. And I think that's so much everyone always has struggles with that is just not really truly taking time for yourself. Mm -hmm. And you have to be selfish a little bit in order to be happy. Yeah, to be there for others, you've got to yeah. be there for yourself first. And yeah. I, like building up that self-care toolbox mm-hmm. almost is like, okay, these are the things that help me out. Going yeah. for a walk, yeah. going to work out. And you start boxing too. Yes, yes. So, I mean, working out is the biggest outlet for me for my anxiety. Um, just that physical outlet is huge for me. And no matter what I carry in when I'm working out, I come out feeling so much better about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially boxing has really been just a great you know, outlet that it's been awesome. And so I'm actually in a boxing that's focused on women empowerment as well. Mm -hmm. So that just adds a whole nother exciting part to it. Um, I love it. And yeah, so it was really about working out, journaling, yoga, breathing, taking time for yourself. And I use those tools to this day. So that was about like six years ago to this day. I mean, Part of it was accepting I'm just going to be anxious about things. Mm-hmm. and um, It's a part of who I am. It is. And I'm also confident. And mm-hmm. I'm also brave. And I'm also strong. Mm-hmm. But I also have this. Exactly. And it's going to just be a part of me. And it's going to be there. Um, and sometimes it will be turned up a lot. And I'll feel like it's overpowering a little bit. And I'll have to go to my toolbox. Sometimes it's just there a little bit. Background mm-hmm. noise. 
Um, and that's okay. And you just, if you fight it, it makes it so much yeah. worse. So, yeah. and sometimes I still do have these little cycles where I'm fighting it. And I'm like, you know what? Why? I'm nervous. I'm anxious. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just let, have those thoughts running. Mm-hmm. But I can still go on with my daily life and you know or take time sometimes these tools that I use are have immediate effects sometimes they don't and that can be disappointing but you mm-hmm. it is what it is it's never consistent um but yeah to this day I use those tools and that was just a really life-changing experience um for me and I think I've experienced it before at smaller levels I just mm-hmm. I didn't really recognize the anxiety or I just didn't you know as you're in younger you kind of just you minimize things yeah mm-hmm. you just you don't really, I didn't have that self-awareness to be like, you know what, something, I need to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I'm happy I did that. And that wasn't the last time I saw her. I went back a few times and you kind of have to check in sometimes, mm-hmm. go back to that self-care. You have to be a little bit reminded. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now, I, I, what's great is I feel these triggers of being anxious or I know my thought process. Mm-hmm. And instead of freaking out and being like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Like something's physically wrong with me. I'm like, oh, that's anxiety. Like I know what that is. I can identify it and then deal with it. More aware of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like right when I first got the divorce, everybody was like, oh, you need to go to therapy. You need to go to therapy. I put my foot down. I don't need to go to therapy. I'm fine. You know, until it just gets so bad. Yes. And, um, I too am so glad that I went and I still check in too, mm-hmm. not going regularly, but sometimes you just need like mm-hmm. to be self-aware enough to be like, I need an emergency yeah. appointment, yes. you know, and just go and reevaluate and reset. Yeah, definitely. Also, I will emphasize that they gave me meds, like anxiety meds from the doctor mm-hmm. and I never took them because the therapy worked. So I just feel like don't jump too quickly into taking things. I think Talking is way more powerful than some people think. And, well, hey, if you want to come full circle, you were educating yourself. Mm -hmm. You were learning about how your brain, how your body worked, Mm -hmm. and that is right up your alley. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it also worked for me, too. I mean, I went to see a cognitive behavioral therapist, Mm -hmm. so she taught me all sorts of things about how my brain was working against me and how to rewire my thoughts to fight back against it. So that felt super empowering. And again, instead of taking medicine, which helps a lot of people in, Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways, sometimes just teaching your brain to rewire Mm -hmm. itself can, can help push you where you need to go. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, medicine works for some, but I'm just saying I, I'm a strong advocate for trying therapy and, you know, just giving it a try. Yeah. Yeah. So I also wanted to bring up Trevor (laughs) because Trevor's so amazing. And I just, um, I think you guys have a really, uh, great relationship. He's also in your field. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, really admire how he supports you and how you support him and um I don't know I mean just any relationship advice for two career oriented people you're yeah. both strong willed you're both uh, you know yeah forging your own path <laughs> together uh, and yes. separately yes um he's awesome he is remarkable I can't say enough how grateful I am I'm gonna start crying <laughs> I'll cry too because Trevor's the best <laughs> I know um, he seriously supports me so much, um, you know, through all of this, you know, he's just been there, um, every step of the way and mm-hmm. he's just a remarkable human being. Um, so yeah, I think it's really hard to both be co- career oriented and it, it 
communication is really top priority. You have to talk about what you're feeling, what your priorities are, what it's important for both of us. You know, I think you need to know what's important for yourself and then you need to talk with your significant other about what's important, you know, communicate that with your significant other and work together to make sure, you know, obviously we are important to each other, but we're also people that want to be fulfilled in our careers mm-hmm. and have that balance. Um, and so it's, it's incredibly hard and, you know, nothing is, nothing comes easy. You have to really work hard for a successful relationship. Um, you know, it's a lot of communication and, um, I think I would also really emphasize that in a marriage, it's really important to maintain your independence. And um, just because you're married doesn't mean you have to do literally everything together. Yep. Um, I think that's, like, critical. Like, you have to maintain who you are, and it's okay to, like, be in different rooms doing different things for yourself. Right. Um, you know, it's not like that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. Actually, when we go spend time independently with our friends or doing activities for ourselves and we come back and spend time together, it's just so much more mm-hmm. fun And because we've filled our cups and now we can be together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, a, it's all a balance. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, with anything, it's a balance. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I think what was great about Trevor is he's so incredibly independent. I actually lucked out that I think I became more independent when I married him. Yeah. Um, So he has encouraged me to just be more independent than I ever even thought I would be. Mm -hmm. Um, So instilling that strength in me and just encouraging me is super important. And, yeah, I think just reiterating hard work and communication, the willingness to meet each other in the middle and talk it out Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's just, it will work out if you both want to work it out and you have to be willing to compromise and meet in the middle. It's, it's, you know, it's easy to get kind of selfish and be like, well, I want this and Mm -hmm. I'm doing this. But you it's a two-person team. You got to think about the other person. And so with the careers, it's been really interesting to see how it unfolds because, you know, I've definitely made a lot of sacrifices in our future by taking this leap of faith in the company you know I've not been making a salary I could make you know we we both made sacrifices by going to graduate school we've put a lot of things on hold um you know so it's I think taking care of yourself first and then doing the rest and Mm -hmm. so it was important to us to be able to do our education and get that out of the way before we started bringing a family into our lives and doing all of that because I think if you jump too fast in a lot of those things then you might you might look back and be like shoot and and I'm not saying it might not be like you could still go do that later sometimes it works for people but yeah having a game plan ready is yeah definitely game plan that's a good way of putting it talking and having a plan yeah Uh, but of course don't get too caught up in it because you don't know what's (laughs) gonna happen I know exactly and then you're attached to the plan and then your whole world is ruined when the plan doesn't work out but I like um I like using that analogy and I've probably used this on another podcast but like of your like your life baskets and mm-hmm. like Trevor's a basket mm-hmm. boxing is a basket your yes. business is a basket your family's a basket and you have to put your eggs in like everyone yeah. evenly in the baskets because if you overflow one of the baskets mm-hmm. it's going to break so yeah. if you put too many eggs in Trevor's basket right that he's not going to be able to support you anymore yes exactly so you know making yeah. sure you have enough outlets to yeah and yeah just having someone who understands you that's yeah. so important um And you guys took the time. I mean, you really did. You dated for a long time. You did the long distance thing. Mm -hmm. And then I remember you guys did 
the counseling things too before the marriage, which mm-hmm. helped you, I'm sure, which all seems a little silly, but at the same time, they're helping you work through mm-hmm. things that you aren't aware you're going to need to work through when you get married. Right. Yeah. So we did, um, you're talking about like the premarital yeah. stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did do some sessions. Um, I actually will say though that that was not as the one we went to was not as oh, helpful okay. as we wanted it well, to be. Well, I admired you but guys. I nonetheless, <laughs> I maybe will, it brought you closer together because yes. you could like laugh. Well, no. So I, I mean, I would definitely recommend doing some something like that. We went through a pre-cana at the church, mm-hmm. and it, it was interesting for us because a lot of things they brought up we thought people should have already talked mm-hmm. about if you're at this stage in your relationship. Um, which some I guess people was don't, co- yes, Stephanie. I know. <laughs> no, uh, it's, yeah, it's, I, know. I think it's really important to be obviously you can have different views but at the end of the day I think if you have the same overall you know vision and goals that's mm-hmm. really important I, I'm pr- I'm really grateful that he is so understanding of the career and um you know even if someone's not if you're seeing others not in your field it's that they don't have to be specifically in your field but right if they just understanding of that yeah um, so understanding the long hours sometimes and things like that and so. life changes and yeah yeah so thinking about the future, like what are your dreams and goals and hopes yeah. and, you know, like personal or professional, what do you, where do you want to see the business go? All yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, so I think one of the important things that I've gotten out of this past year is like, you have to kind of define those goals and things and what you value in life. So I think I've actually, I had a really little bit hard of time adjusting that you like through school and career, you kind of tend to value, you know, on tangible outcomes like a grade or um, a funding milestone or um, a graduation, a graduation, (laughs) like some sort of great ceremony milestone. um, And that's just not like life really for, you know, I think those it's easy to find value in or prestigiousness. Like it's easy to find value in those items. But at the end of the day, I think my values kind of shifted a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I am actually kind of interested in taking a little bit of a turn and valuing a lot, you know, just I think my values change a lot into more family-oriented, um, career fulfillment. Um, obviously, research and science is where my passion is. Um, so I think in the future I can really see myself digging a lot deeper in those areas and um, I think my values have changed from me thinking I need to be always have this huge prestigious title or I always need to be having this huge salary or I need to have this huge house or I need to have this A plus grade or I need to hit these milestones or I need to have this X number of kids by this year like it I'm not really holding myself to those anymore instead I'm trying to focus on what my values are my values are revolutionizing the way cancer research is in the world, um, making a change in that way with my passion, focusing on family and friends and myself. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) It's deep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am really proud of you. Thank you. Um, I can, you know, my mom said that she hoped we'd be friends. and Well, it happened. (laughs) Isn't it it great that, I don't know. I mean, it it is really cool that we've been able to. Yeah be friends definitely yeah well thanks for being on the podcast thanks for having me also shout out to katie for doing this what yeah i think you're awesome and i think one of the 
best ways is to spread awareness. I'm going to cry now. <laughs> um, I, I mean, you, you just took this and did it. Yeah. And you should be really proud of yourself. I mean, look at you and everything you're doing. And you, you are spreading empowerment through other people by sharing their story. Yeah. And I can see already the difference in you and how excited and pumped you are. <laughs> I am. And, like, it's just I only did it really for me. You know, mm-hmm. like, I just I wanted to fill that within me and then you know, knowing how many people have already listened. I'm yeah. like, wow, you know, yeah. like I could not maybe just touch me. I could touch another person mm-hmm. and maybe two people or three mm-hmm. people or four. And it has been really, really rewarding. Yeah. So, and, and I never saw it coming. Mm-hmm. So just keeping an open mind yeah. and just like you said, having a plan, but yeah. like not being afraid to veer, take a leap a yeah. little bit. So Definitely. I appreciate it. Yeah. I know it's been fun. Yes. Go team. Keep it up. Go team. Dr. <laughs> Lemoham. Yes. Dr. Stephanie Lemoham. Yes. High five. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a staple here. Yeah. I do the high five afterwards. I saw the YouTube. I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, did you watch it on YouTube? Yeah. Cool. Bye. Bye. commenting on social media for spreading the word for sharing my mission and my message um this whole podcast process has really changed my life and it's because of you guys who are listening and spreading the word and help making it a success and just knowing that I've touched Stephanie or any one of you is really just the most incredible thing so I can't thank you enough. I am so excited to keep going to share more women's stories with you. And I would love to hear who you'd like to hear more from on the podcast. Um, If there's any career fields that you are interested in, if you know any amazing women, I'm getting the question a lot of how I'm choosing people to interview or what the process is like. So I will let you know that I kind of promised myself that I would do 15 episodes as a season one. And I pretty much have all of my guests mapped out for this first season, but there is so much room and so much space and so many different ways to share stories. So I'd love to hear from you or someone that you think would be a good fit for this podcast. And you can do that in several ways. We're on social media at Coffee with Katie Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But you can also send us an email, coffeewithkatiepod at gmail.com. I am just loving the feedback. I'm loving your stories. I'm loving the encouragement. Let's just keep kicking ass, okay? Let's just keep doing more. Let's keep thanking each other and supporting each other and empowering each other and lifting each other up because there's just, there's nothing we can't do if we don't support each other. So with that, be kind to one another. Have fun in your life this week. It's going to be a great day. That's it for this episode of Coffee with Katie and Kick-Ass Women. We'll see you next Monday. Bye-bye.